following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. We have Adarsh Mashru sitting in today. Adarsh, good morning. Good morning, Tom. So I was in, in Texas, uh, and, uh, you know, there's – I was gone for three days, and there's, there's a lot of drought in Texas. And uh, – Texas is a very uh, self-governing state uh, that you don't have a lot of national parks, a lot of government land, a lot of most of the state of Texas is owned by uh, individuals and private property. And uh, I was thinking um, with all the drought that they have, it would make sense to build a massive series of dams that could be used for irrigation purposes. But if you think about the confiscation of land that, that would, in, or appropriation of land is a better word, that would be involved. And in a state like Texas, where everybody is sort of uh, grabbing onto his or her private ownership, I don't think that could ever be accomplished. You know, you would have to have a forceful central government that would say, we're going to build all these dams. And we're going to have all this irrigation water in times of drought because they are going through a drought right now. The amount of central government power, it would be like the, the Tennessee Valley Authority, which built all these dams throughout the southeast in the 30s. That's the very kind of thing I don't think you could ever see happen in Texas. Right. So... Do these dams have to be built by the federal government or can the state government? Well, somebody would have to step in and, and, and direct it. And, you know, I just don't know if it would ever happen. But they have a whole lot of crops that are – it's just a different kind of state. You know, they, they, they look at things a little differently. Um, much more uh, private enterprise-oriented which would be tougher maybe for them to all pull together on some public works project. Right. It, it would, it's a different mindset. So we've had uh, a lot of volatility here lately in the markets. And uh, Jason Zweig came out with an article about uh, investor behavior, which he usually does, 
congrats, investors. You're behaving less badly than usual. Now, the the uh, idea behind this article is that investors typically are their own worst enemy. That is that they tend to buy high and sell low. And this kind of behavior I don't think has ever really gone away, but perhaps it's become more moderated in recent years. And in this article, he says that uh, the average mutual fund gained 5.7.9% annually over the 10 years ending March 31st, the average investor 5.53. The gap of 0.26 percentage points is much narrower than in the past. Over 10 years through the end of 2013, investors lagged their investments by a horrific 2.5 percentage points annually. What do you think is behind, or what does he say in the article, is behind the fact that the investors are not getting beaten so badly by the market or by their own, I should say rather, by their own, uh, by their own misdeeds? Right. So he, in that article, he says that the biggest reason behind why investors are doing better than they have in the past is because since 2009, when the stock market had a big uh, correction in 08 and early 09, since then the market has been on the steady uptrend. Uh, we haven't seen as much volatility as we did in, in previous bull markets. Uh, and because of that, uh, investors have not faced those tough uh, decisions. You know, it's usually uh, during volatile markets when investors tend to uh, sell because that's when the, the emotions of greed or uh, fear are their strongest. So investors haven't been put through those extreme uh, feelings as a result of a steady uptrend in the market. And that's part of the reason why they, they haven't sold. It's much easier to buy and hold when the market is steadily going up without too much volatility. Now, this... So he's sort of saying it's not completely the fact that investors have changed their basic makeup. It has to do, to a certain extent, by the market and the kind of uh, what it's delivered. Yes, so towards the end uh, of the article, he, he talks about how this... Uh, could just be a temporary phenomenon because, you know, uh, human beings and human emotions are not going to change and that's that's going to be uh, uh, the norm, you know, what we've seen ever since the stock markets existed. One of the things that we have tried to do with our investors at Dupree Financial Group is uh, educate them on the idea that you're buying things that pay dividends and that despite market moves and market gyrations one way or the other, the dividend flow is typically uh, pretty dependable. And I think that's been a very useful tool in, in um, teaching people uh, to not uh, abandon their investments at the slightest drop of a hat. Absolutely, yes. So, I mean, the, the trick is, you know, to have some sort of a systematic approach which uh, kind of overrides uh, your emotions. Your emotions. So dividends is definitely uh, such an approach where uh, you get your income so you know that there's something stable, relatively stable that's coming in. Uh, and, you know, if you focus just on that, that and not on the gyrations of the, the price, uh, then, then that could help in uh, managing emotions. And, you know, as, as financial advisors, that's that's a big uh, part of what we do, manage 
uh, emotions by creating a, a plan that's suitable. Yeah, and that can override uh, whims. Right, right. So uh, it's interesting because I do believe that a much better educated uh, investor class will create uh, better markets. Yes, and, and that, that's another thing he talks about where the investor class has become a little more educated and a lot of financial advisors uh, are doing what's known as rebalancing. Where right. And rebalancing automatically requires the advisor to sell something that's gone up and buy something that's not gone up or allocate new funds to towards something which uh, has not gone up. Yeah. Uh, just to keep your uh, balances uh, in, in check. So that that's another uh, thing that's helped. Again, you know, we've been in a bull market. Uh, volatility has not been as high, although in the last six months it's it's increased. Who knows what will happen when uh, we return to a more, uh, if and when we return to a more uh, volatile stock market, you know? Right. Stay with us. You're listening to Tom Dupree and Adarsh Mushru. It's the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WLAP. From work to kids to running errands, you're always on the go. To work, the gym, or running errands. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Hey, Alexa. Play News Radio 630 WLAP on iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree Jr. Our firm, Dupree Financial Group, has been engaged in the management of retirement investment accounts of our clients for nearly 14 years. My personal time in the investment business spans 40 years. We bring experience to the table in managing your retirement dollars. If you would like a seasoned and experienced manager to handle your investment portfolio, then give us a call. To schedule a complimentary review of your retirement investments, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 or send an email to info at dupreefinancial.com. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays at 7 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859 233 and DupreeFinancial.com. Back on the Tom Dupree show, little Rod Stewart and faces always makes me feel a little bit better. We have on the phone calling in uh, Boone Logan. Boone, welcome to the Tom Dupree show. Good morning, Tom. Thank you. You're going to talk to us about some events coming up, and I'm going to let you go ahead and do do your thing. All right, Tom. As you know, I'm calling you about the Big Blue Cancer Blast which will be on Monday, July the 16th, so it'll be two weeks from this coming Monday. It's a Sporting Clays fundraiser to benefit the Markey Cancer Foundation at the University of Kentucky. Right. Uh, and we're going to have uh, – we, we've got room for a couple more teams. 
Uh, anybody who's interested can take a look at uh, BigBlueCancerBlast.com. Okay. And I, I would have named it the IHateCancer.com blast, but that that website was already taken. So. Okay. <laughs> so we we went this way, but. Uh, tell me where this thing takes place and uh, what all is involved. Tom, it, it's going to take place at the Bluegrass Sportsman's League, which is uh, a, uh, a gun club, sportsman's club, that is just south of Wilmore. Yep. Uh, you go out High Bridge Road, turn on Handy's Bend Road, and you'll come to the Bluegrass Sportsman's League. Right. And we have uh, uh, a shotgun division out there where you can shoot sporting clays and skeet and trap. Uh and let me, if I could just make one little quick plug about the Bluegrass Sportsman's League, people think that it's this exclusive place that you can't come and shoot, but actually you can. Yeah. Uh, the, the shotgun division is open Wednesday through Sunday for the general public. So that's just a little aside, but uh, our, our event on the 16th, of course, will be to, to benefit Markey. Uh, my wife, Eunice, was diagnosed with stage 4 ovarian cancer in uh, February of 2014. Right. And her, uh, her longtime doctor, who she had gone to for years, uh, at, at that appointment, he said, Eunice, I can spend however much time it takes getting you an appointment at any cancer center in the country you want to go to. And then he said, but if, if I were you, if this was my wife, I would be headed over to UK uh, to the Markey Cancer Center. Right. He, he said, you won't get any better care in the country than you'll get right there. Yes. And he said, in fact, I've already got you an appointment tomorrow afternoon. And we, we went to that appointment, and sur- surgery was, that was on a Tuesday. Surgery was scheduled for the following Monday. And uh, the, the battle with ovarian began right there. Right. Uh, and the, the care that Eunice received over the 33 months that, uh, that, that she fought that disease was just phenomenal. I, I cannot say enough good things about the Markey Cancer Center. And, and prior to that, you know, I guess if you ask me uh, what is the Markey Cancer Center, I'd say, well, I guess it's a place where you go if you have cancer. Yeah. It, it's that and, you know, a million things more. Uh well, you know, the, the best testimony is someone who's used the product, so to speak. You've used it absolutely. And found it to be yeah. something good. And, and so you've yeah. organized, and I might add that, Boone, you've pretty much probably single-handedly organized this uh, Sporting Clays event for the benefit of the the cancer center. So uh, right. if somebody this wants the inaugural year, it will become an annual event, uh, but this is the kickoff year. Tell me that and website again. It's uh, BigBlueCancerBlast.com. Big Blue Cancer. Uh, you, if somebody wants to call, who would they 
call to they, they can call me. All right. My, my my cell number and it's on the it's on the website as well. But my cell number is eight five nine two two nine zero zero four seven. That's for Boone Logan. Uh, if you are interested in the big blue cancer blast, eight five nine two two nine zero zero four seven. That's, that's correct. He's and organized a all the information about the shoot is on the website, right. including the the ability to register. If you want to, if you want to register for it, just right there on the website, you can do it. Okay, and fan- every penny goes to Marky. Fantastic. Well, Boone, thank you for calling in. Uh, I'm going to be there with you. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, you got to get me ready. I can't wait to see you shooting clay targets. It's going to be a hoot. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. All right. Well, All right. Boone, have a good good day, and uh, God bless you for doing this, and uh, we'll be talking. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. All righty. That's Boone Logan, uh, Big Blue Cancer Blast, or you can call him at 859-229-0047. Okay, Adarsh, uh, back to uh, what we've been talking about here with the economy. Um, sizing up the hit to the S&P 500 from an actual trade war. If we got into an actual trade war with a lot of our trading partners, what what is a trade war? Many of us have never seen one or can recall one in our professional careers. So really, uh, trade war is a very strong term, and we haven't really seen any trade wars post uh, the Great Depression. Right. Uh, the biggest trade war that we saw was in the early 30s uh, when... Uh, Smoot-Hawley. Smoot-Hawley, yes. And since then, uh, there have been what you would call maybe skirmishes, not really wars, where you know one country imposes tariff. But there have been two major uh, Bretton Woods organizations. Uh, the biggest one, the World Trade Organization, that was set up post-World War II with the intention of preventing trade wars where countries could get together and negotiate, discuss uh, issues, and um, you know make sure that trade was fair. Uh, prior to the wo- World Trade Organization, uh, there was the General Agreement of Trade and Tariffs which Gat. yes, which was replaced by the WTO. So um, a trade war. Uh, that I think that word itself, as of now, is being uh, uh, you know sensationalized. I guess the media is trying to sensationalize the issue by using that word. Uh, but what's happening is that there are some perceived. Um, there's some perceived unfairness uh, in trade uh, by the U.S. at this point, primarily to do with uh, intellectual property uh, and technology uh, transfers and things. Uh, and because of that, uh, the current administration is uh, is. So, how would it affect the average investor? I mean, uh, if if there were a full-blown trade war, what would it do to people who? What measures would it create that might affect the the uh, individual investor? So no one 
really knows ultimately how it will impact the investor. Uh, so that article there talks about the impact on earnings. Goldman Sachs did a well, study. that would affect the investor. Uh, yes. No, it, if it, it affected earnings. It, it would, yeah. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say, no one will know what the ultimate impact on uh, the stock market will be. Uh, so 2 or 3%, that's what Goldman Sachs came out with, and Bank of America came out with 4 to 5% impact on earnings of, of companies across the board. But they don't take into account uh, what impact sentiment will have. So, yes, there, there will be an impact on earnings, but will it dampen consumer sentiment? Will it dampen business sentiment? So that could have ripple effects. Uh, that's hard to calculate. Um, so, yes, of course, if earnings uh, are impacted, then that would impact valuations of uh, stocks. Uh, so that could be uh, one impact. Uh, but again, you know, it's too soon to say how this uh, will play out ultimately, what sort of tariffs, what industries. Uh, so far, right. the industries that have been impacted are automobiles. We've seen prices of auto stocks across the board uh, drop. Lumber. Lumber. Uh, Canadian, uh, evidently, the cost of uh, lumber has risen in some cases as much as 60%. So new home right. construction right. is especially being affected in, in Texas, North Texas, where uh, there's a lot of new home building going on. Right. So uh, if you look beyond just the investor and if you look at the consumer, then uh, tariffs are inflationary by nature because they raise the, the prices of, uh, of goods. Uh, you, I think you were talking earlier uh, about them being like a tax, and that's really what uh, what it could end up being, uh, where uh, things that people buy on a day-to-day -day basis could become more expensive right? because the input costs go up. But it's uh, only going to be for so long until it begins to uh, slow down the economy. Yes. So we shall see. Um, stay with us. We're going to get into some other things here. Consumer spending. Stay with us. It's the Tom Dupree Show. Freedom is to wake up and have choices. We work the jobs that we choose to work. We live in our own homes. Our children are free to go to school and get their education. Freedom is just the ability to have choices. Quick Lane Tire and Auto Service Center at Jack Kane Ford in Versailles is proud to support those who serve our country every day. To those who have given so much, the Quick Lane thanks you. Find us on Facebook, Quick Lane at Jack Kane Ford. The PGA Tour is coming to Lexington. See some of the finest golfers from around the world compete in the Barbasol Championship. Get up close and personal to golf greats July 16th through the 22nd at Champions at Keen Trace. Get your tickets now by visiting BarbasolChampionshipKY.com. It's the countdown to the Barbasol Championship as the PGA comes to the Bluegrass. For tickets, parking passes, and a complete schedule of events, go to BarbasolChampionshipKY.com. Looking for fast, easy, and secure electronic banking? Community Trust has a wide variety of banking services to meet your needs, including internet banking, bill pay, and mobile banking. We now have even more great services like Apple Pay, make payments directly from your smartphone, and People Pay, a fast, easy, secure way to send and receive money from your smartphone. Visit us on the internet to learn more at ctbi.com. That's ctbi.com. 
Community Trust Bank, building communities built on trust. Member FDIC. Equal Agents housing of the lender. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, the president tweeting about his defense of ICE. ABC's Tara Palmieri reports from Berkeley Heights, New Jersey. President Trump is coming to the defense of ICE this morning, criticizing Democrats for their calls to abolish the law enforcement agency. He said he's watched ICE liberate towns from the grasp of MS-13 and clean out, quote, the toughest of situations. He said, quote, they are great. ICE has been criticized for carrying out the Trump administration's zero-tolerance policy that's resulted in more than 2,000 children being separated from a parent at the border since mid-June. Today, thousands expected to demonstrate and planned rallies around the country calling on the government to reunite the families faster. In Maryland, last night, a prayer service for the five lives lost in Thursday's mass shooting at an Annapolis newspaper. Police say the suspected shooter, 38-year-old Jared Ramos, was apparently upset about the paper's reporting on his guilt plea in a harassment case involving a female classmate. Michelle Franz and ABC News. We will continue to hang on to a muggy day out there, and it is actually hot and humid for this final day of June. Can't rule out a popcorn shower, thunderstorm, most day dry temperatures today. Mainly upper 80s, low 90s. The heat index, though, that's what it will feel like when you throw the humidity into the pile into the mid to upper 90s. Scattered thunderstorms return for your Sunday and Monday. Temperatures right around 90. Rubber stamp that forecast. Play it again every day into the 4th of July week. I'm WKYT Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey on your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP and iHeart Radio Station. Guys, GQ and the New York Times agree. The untucked shirt look is here to stay. But a regular shirt worn untucked is too long, wide, and sloppy. Untuck It solved this problem by creating the first shirt designed specifically to be worn untucked. Re-engineered for a more precise fit and the ideal length for a clean, casual look. And with more than 50 sizing options, every guy can find the perfect shirt. Go to untuckit.com and use promo code IHEART20 for 20% off your first purchase. That's code IHEART20 for 20% off at untuckit.com. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure term providers help thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance to buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you all you need to do is call big lou at 800-555-2085 lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor call 800-555-2085 big lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford remember big lou's life like you. He's on meds too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085-630-WLAP.
Back on the Tom Dupree Show. And, uh, Darsh, we had a decent day in the market yesterday. Some of our stocks did a little bit better than the market. You might want to talk about some of the areas that we're in and why they did better. So, one of the areas that's been extremely strong here recently is uh, REITs, Real Estate Investment Trusts. And these stocks, uh, they really dropped uh, earlier this year towards the end of last year in anticipation of higher interest rates. And what we've seen in the last few months is that interest rates really, they ticked up a little bit uh, in January, February. And then uh, in May, uh, the yield on the 10-year bond hit 3.1%. But since then, it's dropped. And uh, those fears of interest rates rising rapidly, which was a fear earlier this year, has kind of dissipated. And now we are starting to see uh, interest rate-sensitive stocks uh, outperform uh, other stocks, uh, growth stocks. Plus, they pay a nice dividend yield. Yes, they pay a great uh, dividend yield, a lot of these uh, companies. And really... Some of the fear was irrational because a lot of these companies in the face of inflation, higher interest rates, have the ability to also adjust their uh, their rents or their uh, whatever they charge their customers. Uh, so we've seen that. Um, we've seen uh, your growth stocks, which are your momentum stocks, a lot of them, they've underperformed. So the indexes have sort of pulled back, the Dow Jones, S&P, the NASDAQ has still done better than the S&P and the Dow Jones, but it's also pulled back. So we've seen uh, growth stocks and tech stocks pull back, especially uh, after uh, talks of uh, tariff, uh, you know, became, uh, uh, I, I guess, talked about. IP-related yes. things. Yes. Uh, intellectual property. Uh, semiconductor stocks especially. Uh, a lot of them uh, sell a lot of their products overseas, so there's fears of retaliatory tariffs. And there was also a lot of M&A and outside investment in the tech sector. Uh, a lot of Chinese investment was going into the U.S. tech sector, so uh, tech stocks pulled back uh, because of fears of uh, some of these deals being blocked. Uh, we've seen your traditional value stocks, which are your utilities, insurance, they've held up uh, well. Uh, utilities have made a slight uh, comeback. And one of the best performing sectors uh, this year has been oil and gas, uh, right. oil and gas stocks. So we've seen uh, oil and gas companies' pipeline stocks have done great. Right. Uh, just your uh, exploration and production companies, a lot of them have done excellent. Crude oil, I think, yesterday hit 73 or was a little above 73, West Texas crude. Yep. Uh, and that's really helped... Uh, oil and gas companies. So even though the broader market has pulled back, we are seeing certain areas, especially areas that we uh, at Dupree Financial invest in, you know, your dividend-paying stocks, uh, your more conservative uh, value stocks, they've held up, and some of them have even um, outperformed. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what we've been seeing. Right. Um, one of the things out there that you see and this is important especially these days when there's so much political correctness is um, socially responsible investing 
And in an article here in the Wall Street Journal by James McIntosh, uh, it says, if you want to do good, expect to do badly. Investors need to choose between backing their beliefs with dollars or being profit-minded capitalists. This is something I was talking about in the earlier segment about the difference between socialism and capitalism, how uh, socialists want to tell you and others how the means of production should be directed, including your money, whereas uh, capitalists tend to want to do things uh, their own way. And the cost of that is, um, you know, they produce their own money. They produce their own uh, uh, destiny, so to speak. Investors are increasingly convinced that they can buy companies that behave better than the rest and make just as much money. They are wrong. The basic argument is encapsulated in doing well by doing good, slogan flogged by the marketers of firms branded sustainable or socially responsible or relying on environmental, social, and governance metrics to determine their investments. Ethically sound companies, the argument goes, wind up being better investments and by voting with their dollars, investors can nudge more companies onto a righteous path. Alas, in reality, investors have to choose between two principles that are fundamentally in conflict. They can vote their beliefs with their dollars, buying more of the stocks of the best behaved and less of the worst, or they can be profit-minded capitalists, treating environmental, social, and governance scores as measures of risk to help find good investments. They can't do both. It's interesting because we've had some pushback on some of our stocks. We have people that actually tell us don't include oil companies in their portfolio. Uh, don't include a company that runs private prisons in the portfolio because that's unethical. Uh, and yet what is considered ethical and unethical is often subject to the whims of, of the moment or the whims of history. Uh, if we were all living in darkness and had no uh, access to heat or transportation, we would consider energy companies to be the saviors of us because we would realize the night that we would be plunged into without them. Uh, if we all were subject to criminal trespass at any moment because the governments had run out of places to put prisoners, we would consider companies that actually help incarcerate those who need to be incarcerated as being the saviors because they're taking criminals off the street who are creating all sorts of uh, havoc. And yet, in today's political environment, those, com those kinds of companies are considered bad guys, something we need to have fewer of. Isn't uh, what people consider to be politically correct and expedient so sort of a... Um, uh, notion that is subject to <laughs> lots of whim and uh, uh, circumstances. It is absolutely. You know, you know, there are certain things which uh, are absolute in the sense that you know, if the management is crooked or if they're right. uh, you know doing something that's r just wrong, uh, then of course that's not right. And those companies like Exxon, for example. You know, that was a situation where the management was um, just unethical in cooking the books. No, uh, no, you're, no, you're talking about Enron. 
Sorry, Enron. Yeah, did I say Exxon? <laughs> sorry, my bad. Enron. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, X. Sorry, I take that back. Exxon is a is a good company. Yeah. Um, Enron, and uh, <laughs> um, slip the tongue. <laughs> right. So you know that situation, of course. Uh, you know, and and that was even hard to figure out before it all. Uh, yeah. Unraveled, but. Uh, when it when it comes to uh, things which are just you know just popular you know or you're running around in certain circles and you know your friends are you know talking about how they don't like companies that you know uh, I don't know do stuff to animals or whatever I don't know I'm, right. I'm trying to uh, find just anything an that's or not, pollute the environment yes or pollute the environment. At that point, you know, you have to consider, uh, I think you have to look at the bigger picture. Yes, I mean, no one's saying that polluting the environment is good, but are these companies, you know, and a lot of these companies, the so-called polluters, are constantly taking steps to, uh, you know, improve what they do and to not really have uh, right a, a negative impact. So if you just put it in a box that just because this company is an oil and gas company, uh, it's it's bad, and I'm not going to invest in it. Then uh, that uh, might result in you know you making poor uh, investment decisions. Yep. Um, because and another point that article makes, which is uh, you know it's just classic uh, investor behavior. ESG, which is environmental, social, governmental, that's become extremely popular. So there was a flood of money that went into some of these companies, which were perceived to be uh, good companies and investors found that you know after investing in those companies they they didn't really do as well because um, they were already expensive by the time the average investor right. started buying it and companies which were perceived to be uh, not good companies outperformed because yep. the, you know money had gone out of those companies so they became value stocks sometimes uh, when a company's been sold off, it takes a very small amount of capital starting to flow back in to make the price right. go up uh, quite a bit because it's at, it's at the margin, you know, right. uh, higher prices. And, and sometimes a lot of money can be made rather quickly on some of these things that have been really beaten down. Right, right. So, you know, the main point is that investing is not necessarily uh, intuitive in the sense that right. – you think that because of A, B will happen, and yes. B is you know you invest in this, and because they are an uh, environmentally responsible company, you will make more money by investing in it. It doesn't always work that way. Uh, in fact, oftentimes, what is obvious, you know, um, is um, is not a good investment. Right. <laughs> because you're too late to the party already. Yep. Uh, and th that's why it's obvious. Um, and th this is the challenge with with investing. You know, it's uh, it kind of goes against your natural way of thinking, and that's that's where the challenge is. Uh, and you know, your emotions play a big role. Um, so usually, the best investments are those where before you invest, you're extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, that's crazy. Right? Uh, why is it like that? Because your entire 
I guess something's mind- telling you to invest, though, because it, it's it's probably your mind and and the facts, right. the situation. Yes, I, I guess it's a battle between facts and uh, emotions. Facts tell you that okay, you know, this company looks good, the numbers look good, you know, it's trading at a low valuation, but your emotions tell you that, you know, it's been going down. If it goes down more, it's going to be painful. I don't want to lose money. Right. Uh, you know, I'm not with the with the group on this one. The group is chasing something else, so I'm going to be yeah. isolated. So uh, those are all emotional battles that the investor fights in his or her mind, uh, and, and that's why uh, it's that's why uh, investing is not easy. Right. Right. If it were easy, it would be um, intuitive. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show with the Darsh Mashru. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. Technology, crime, healthcare, severe weather, money, more money, space, kids, fitness, my commute, good life, life's information station, every facet of life. News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree Jr. Our firm, Dupree Financial Group, has been engaged in the management of retirement investment accounts of our clients for nearly 14 years. My personal time in the investment business spans 40 years. We bring experience to the table in managing your retirement dollars. If you would like a seasoned and experienced manager to handle your investment portfolio, then give us a call. To schedule a complimentary review of your retirement investments, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 or send an email to info at dupreefinancial.com. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays at 7 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. Okay, Darsh, we've not got a whole lot of time left. But what do you think about... Uh, the GE spinoff of its healthcare business. Um, I know that people have looked at GE and they've seen the stock go down, down, down. It had a, an up day the other day, but it's it hasn't really moved much since then. Um, and the stock has to go a lot higher uh, to get people back to where uh, they would uh, feel like it's really come come back some. Um, you know, it's at thirteen sixty one, so it's it's not really a lot higher than when they made the announcement they were going to spin things off. Right. What do you think about this? Well, so um, you know, the main thing that G needs to do is uh, have uh, a company and a structure uh, which uh, you know works in sync and. Uh, yeah. The big thing that happened was that it became too big, too complacent, you know. Too many areas that they were into uh, that were unrelated to each other. Yes, exactly. So the new CEO, uh, John Flannery, uh, he's got a tall task, and uh, he is trying to focus on, you know, their core businesses. And, uh, and the core businesses are 
you know, especially after the healthcare businesses uh, spun off. So GE is not outright selling it to another company. They're just spinning it off. So GE investors will get shares in that business, right. and then they can decide if they want to hold on to it. Right. But uh, the healthcare business is actually a profitable business, so uh, the, the management uh, has figured that independently it might get a much higher valuation, so that's probably good for shareholders. And then the second thing that they announced was that they're going to uh, sell uh, their stake in uh, their oil and gas business over the next two to three years, uh, which is uh, GE merged their oil and gas assets with Baker Hughes. So it trades as an independent company and GE owns, I, I think it's a little over 60% of that stock. Right. Um, so once they start selling that, they'll utilize the funds to uh, pay down their debt and uh, improve their balance sheet. Uh, so all good moves. Uh, GE, after all that is done, will really be aviation, power, and uh, some remnants of the GE capital, aircraft leasing and things like that, uh, which are good businesses. The power business has struggled, uh, so they've decided to hold on to that business. Uh, and... Um, you know, hopefully even that will start showing some improvement. And, of course, they have their renewables business, which is, I guess, somehow tied to the power business, but that business is doing well. It's just the traditional uh, uh, gas uh, turbines, you know, where the demand completely uh, fell off, which uh, has really hurt them. But everything That should come back with the replacement cycle Yes, that, that the utilities have. It should, yes. And even if we've reached a point where uh, they're – Moving away from this and going more into renewables, GE is a big player in the renewables business, so they still stand to benefit. Uh, so it's going to be a much smaller company. Uh, it'll be m much easier to read uh, their financial statements. You know, GE Capital uh, is still going to exist, but it won't be uh, what it was. So there'll be some businesses like the aircraft leasing business, and GE may still lend money to some of their customers on uh, for huge projects uh but i, I think it's good it, it still might take time but at some point um uh, you know things will start turning around because they do have a solid franchise the remaining businesses g is still either n the number one or number two player in all those businesses what do you give what kind of marks do you give flannery uh at this point in his career as ceo i give him top marks, you know, and ultimately we'll know only after time. But I do like the fact that he's been extremely proactive. He's been quick. He's been honest with the market. He's been upfront about everything, including the dividend, which is very tough for investors to swallow. Uh, and given the task at hand, I think he's done excellent. And I've also heard interviews of some other uh, veterans of industry and some other GE veterans, and they all think highly of him. Dividend's 48 cents right now. Yes. Uh, so I think he's doing an excellent job. And over time, we'll start seeing the results, you know. Right now, I think it has a lot to do with sentiment, which is still extremely negative. A lot of people have been burned. Uh, but, oh, yeah. You know, GE will uh, remain. And also the fact that uh, they uh, were uh, thrown out of the Dow Jones uh, index, uh, G was uh, one of the only companies which has been in, in the, the company that came in in their place was uh, 
uh, Boots Walgreens. Okay. Walgreens Boots Alliance, uh, WBA. Um, so, <laughs> which was funny, WBA was down 10% on news that uh, Amazon uh, is getting into the online pharmacy business. Pill so, pack. Pill pack, yes. So, and and the stock had been dropping, so I, I wonder what went into the decision to add this company. Uh, so the Dow Jones is a price-weighted index. It's not a market-cap-weighted index. Yeah. And that stock trades around 60, so I, I guess that was probably the reason why they decided to uh, include it. Uh, but they also did some studies, and usually when companies are thrown out of the index, that's uh, uh, the stock tends to perform better after that. Uh, mm -hmm. Not saying that that will happen to GE, but that means that you know a lot of the negative news is already gone. You know, getting right. thrown out of an index after 111 years is uh, <laughs> is a big event. Yeah, so, it's a big event, right? So just. I'd like to kind of wrap up what we've been talking about here. Uh, at Dupree Financial Group, we're a registered investment advisor. We, under no terms should anything we're saying here be construed as investment advice. You should uh, speak with a financial advisor or do your own research and come to your own conclusions. Uh, we operate uh, a registered investment advisory firm, which is very research-driven, and uh, I'm interviewing Adars, who's head of our research effort, uh, which shows how much we value research in our picking of different kinds of investments. Uh, we are engaged in this primarily for the benefit of retirement investors. That's pretty much our entire market, is people who are either retiring or going to be retired because they need to rely upon cash flow and income. Uh, and we like to own stocks and bonds and investments, indeed, that all produce income and dividends and, and things of that nature. If you would like to talk to us about managing your retirement investment uh, portfolio, you can call us at 233-0400. That's... Um, area code 859 or send us an email at info at dupreefinancial.com well Adarsh I appreciate it it was a good uh, session there thank you for having me glad you were able to do it have a great weekend everybody out there stay stay cool um, and have a good 4th of July appreciate you listening today you've been listening to the Tom Dupree show you can call us at 859-233-0400. It's Dupree Financial and News Radio 630 WAP.